Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of two living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. This week, I bring you my interview with Lori Palau from Simply Be Organized. Lori Palau is also the author of the book, Hot Mess, a practical guide to getting organized. She's a speaker and host of the weekly podcast, This Organized Life. Lori will give us some insight as to how she has created this community, but we'll specifically be discussing organization with children. We may have the highest hopes for getting our homes organized, but then we must deal with the clutter that derives from our kiddos. How do we encourage our kids without coming across as a nag? How do we set appropriate boundaries as our kids grow? How do we implement new rules with our older high school age children? Lori will answer all of these questions and more in our interview today. Before we get to the episode, I wanted to remind you that if you're enjoying this podcast, please head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. This will take you less than a minute and it helps other moms discover the podcast when it receives positive reviews from those of you who are listening each week. I wanted to share a review from Anna. She says, love. My best friend introduced me to minimalism, but I wasn't quite sold. I found this podcast and loved it so much that I listened to every episode in a couple of weeks as I went through and cleared out my house. I felt like I was decluttering with friends cheering me on. Thank you for inspiring me to live with less. And I'm so happy that you were able to move through your space and get it decluttered. And I'm so glad that you found minimalism. I know it's just made such an impact in my life and I'm glad that it's helped you as well. And now for the interview with Lori. Hi, Lori. How are you doing today? I'm good, Diane. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm getting to that point in pregnancy where you're just ready to be done. <laughs> so, and I still have 11 weeks left. So, I, so wait, when's your due date? September 13th. So. Okay. So yes, I was due with my second daughter on September 12th. Oh. And she, she came August 28th. I was I was done and my husband said I like wilt her out early, but I, I know that pregnancy with the heat and whatnot. So I feel your pain. I feel as though I was talking to a friend last night actually about this. Just my first pregnancy, it was wonderful. I was like, I could surrogate for people. I enjoy this so much. And the second, it was okay. And this one is just absolutely miserable. And I, I was thinking I wanted more and now we, I'm not so sure. So now you're re- now now adoption doesn't sound so bad. Yeah, so. yeah. So we shall see. Well, I want to get to the point of our conversation tonight, but I wanted to give you before we kind of jump into what we're going to be talking about, helping our children get organized. I would love for you to just give a bit of an introduction to who you are and what it is that you do. Yeah, sure. So my name is Lori Palau, and I started a company called Simply Be Organized back in 2009. And I started as a home organizing business that has since evolved into speaking and coaching and mentoring other professional organizers. But I really look at it more about as a lifestyle company, trying to help people understand clutter and the role that it plays in their life. And so That's really been my focus as much as I love a pretty bin in a basket. Professionally, my goal is to really help find the behaviors that hold people back and paralyze them from, you know, the freedom that comes with living a more minimalistic life. Not that you have to be a minimalist, but but just not 
being surrounded by things or people or obligations that are just really taking up space. And I kind of started that journey just by nature, I guess, very organically when I had my my daughters. I have two kids that are now teenagers. I have a 16-year-old and uh, an 18-year-old. So I'm in a very different season of life than you. But I vividly remember back in the day when they were babies and my husband traveled quite a bit. So he just wasn't around a lot. And uh, I was a stay-at-home mom and a working mom. I had gone back to work originally after my first daughter was born and then decided that I wanted to take some time off and we had agreed upon that. So I've kind of worn both of those hats. But one of the things that I realized that regardless of whether I was working outside the home or not, that in order to get all the different things that I wanted to accomplish done, I needed to just create some systems and strategies and just start to eliminate some of the stuff that really just was taking up space. And this is the days before social media. Mm-hmm. So you can't even only imagine. Eventually, you know, I would talk to friends and family that I would see struggling with things and, and start kind of giving some advice, unsolicited sometimes. <laughs> it just sort of evolved into a business. And here we are. That's a little bit about me. No, that's wonderful. I always love to hear what inspired people to start on their minimalist journey. And I was actually going to ask you, do you consider yourself minimalist? So it's it's interesting because I would have given you, if you would have asked me this like, I don't know, three, four years ago and before that, you know, up until about three or four years ago, I would have given you a hard no. I would have said I'm organized, but I absolutely did not want to identify myself as a minimalist because in my mind, a minimalist was somebody that had like one fork, one spoon and one sweater. Like that was it, you know, and it was a very black and white thing. And as I started really when I was kind of researching for my book and I was really kind of just looking at behavioral patterns and just other people in the industry and started doing like deeper dives into the minimalism space, I really started to realize that personally, I, I was adopting a lot of the strategies, even though I didn't self-identify as minimalist. But as I get older, I really seek the pleasure in less. Mm -hmm. So even though I don't identify myself as that, I definitely, compared to other people, they would say I was a minimalist. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, So let's get to our topic. And you help adults on the daily, as you said, to declutter and pare down and to get organized. But we're going to be talking about children tonight. And I have tons of questions in regards to when we implement all of this. So actually, my first question for you is just when would you suggest that we implement strategies for our children when it comes to organization? Like most things, I don't think there's like an exact magic number. I think you have to kind of gauge it. But really, by and large, I would say by the time a child is like, like one or two, you can start with just basic stuff of we read this book after tubby time and now you're going to put it back on the shelf because that where that's where it lives. So I think again you're you're doing things at age appropriate levels. Mm-hmm. So yes, you're not having your 2-year-old put away the laundry per se, but as they start to get older I think it's important that they play that they know that part of the play process is cleaning up. Um, part of the taking off your clothes is putting it in the hamper. And you can make it a game and you can make it fun. But I think the earlier that you start incorporating 
the organization process is just kind of part of your daily routine with the stuff that you're doing, just like you would teach a child to brush their teeth or brush their hair. I I think the earlier, the better. So I would say I started my kids probably as young as, you know, a couple years old, Mm -hmm. you know, just getting involved in the process. No, I'm trying to get, um, my four-year-old's pretty good about it. Just at the end of the day, you throw your clothes down the laundry chute, just little things like that. And even after we read, like you said, we put the books right back on the shelf. It just, I know Gretchen Rubin speaks to the one minute rule. And if there's something that can be done mm-hmm. within one minute, just do it. And I, I leave dishes in the sink, like just my one dish from lunch. And now I'm like, I can, I can do this in 30 seconds. I'm just going to do it. And then it's going to stay clean. And that's how I stay on top of things. So no, I really love that. We're getting them started at the young age. I'm a big fan of Gretchen and I'm also a big fan of the one minute rule. And I, and I, it's a deliberate practice that I have to remind myself because trust me, there are times where after a long day, I don't want to, you know, I just want to drop my keys or my purse where I am, but I take that extra step to, to put it away, you know, because I think again, it's just, it's those little things that add up over time. Mm -hmm. And so I, I definitely think that it matters. Oh, no, I absolutely agree. And it it is funny. It is like a little ping in my head. It's like, hey, remember this? It's that one minute rule. Don't forget. And it has been really helpful. So my next question for you is personal to me because I feel as though as a mom, I can be very controlling, especially because I do like tidy homes and I prefer for my things to be organized. So my question is how... Do I allow Charlotte to clean up her lunch mess if I'm going to have to go back and clean up what she's done wrong? How would you recommend that I deal with setting appropriate boundaries for her so that she gains that independence, but I also still feel a little bit in control? Do you think that's possible? I do think it's possible. And I think that that's that's a very common frustration with a lot of moms, for sure, because they want it done their way because they know it'll be right and they know it'll be done quickly. And it, it seems in the short term that it's the easier solution. Um, But I think what you have to do, first of all, is just, you know, come to a place of acceptance that you're, you're teaching her, you're teaching her, you're laying the foundation to teach her these life skills and the value of that. I think it's twofold. I think having them see that they have ownership over, over the process and their stuff, and that you are not there to just serve them and be their maid or clean up after them is huge. And again, you have to think about the perception. And if it's always, no matter what mess I make, mom is going to clean it up. Even if you're cleaning it up because you want it done a certain way, that's not always the perception. And so giving yourself a little bit of grace in the short term going, okay, this the bed might not be made the way I want, or she might not load the dishwasher the way that I want, but she's doing it. Mm. And then you could really, if it's bothering you, and there've been plenty of times where I've gone back in after the fact and straightened it up and, and done that. But I think just starting to empower them with these little wins that they're a contributing member of the family is huge. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, if you're if we're really trying as parents to set these good examples and and be good teachers for our kids it's a matter of just being deliberate with yourself and going okay I know I want to control this situation but um I might not be able to right now you know it's it's might not be in the best interest mm-hmm. it's it's hard because it's counterintuitive yeah I think and this kind of goes into my next question for you I don't want to come across as 
nagging that she's doing it wrong because I know just with my spouse that sometimes because I want to be in control, it comes across as nagging, but I, I want organization without the nagging. So do you have any tips for that? So I think I would allow them to have freedom with this that they do. Right. So, you know, my, when you start telling the stories, I think in my mind, I kind of two things. I think of laundry, like folding laundry. Mm. And I think of, of dishes, like those are for whatever reason, when you're like giving me this example, like that's what's coming up in my head. Absolutely. And I know for me, like I like to fold laundry a certain way. I fold the towels a certain way. I fold t-shirts a certain way. And then if you start asking, I start asking my kids to help and they might fold the towels a different way. So you have a choice. You want to reward them for contributing. We want to try to set an example of like, this is how they fit nicely in the cabinet. This is how I like to do them. And so I think trying to just show them and lead by example is probably the most positive way to kind of go about it. But I think at some point, if we want to realize that, you know, part of running a household isn't controlling the entire situation, that people aren't always going to do it exactly the way that you want it, but it's going to be good enough. And that, I think, is a really hard thing, especially for somebody that's a little bit of a type A personality that likes things a certain way. Now, obviously, if they're just leaving their stuff all around, that's a different story. But if they're helping and they're picking their stuff up, but they're not doing it exactly right, I think that's up to you to say, you know, whether or not you want to go fix it. But I think telling them that these are the expectations, especially for your spouse who is an adult and gets it. And this is how I feel. I think when it comes to dealing with adults versus dealing with kids, really understanding that this is a huge help to me or if, or this really stresses me out. Because if it's not as important to your spouse as it is to you, or it isn't important to your kids as it is to you, they might not understand why she's stressing out about this. Because they don't they're not placing the value on it. People are only inclined, in my experience, to really make a change if there's a value in it for them. And maybe the value isn't, I could care less how the towels are folded, but maybe the value is, I really don't want to stress mom out, or it would really make her life a lot easier, or she'd be able to read me an extra bedtime story if she didn't have to do this extra thing that, and I could have just helped her out. Mm -hmm. So I think trying to just be honest about why it's important to you if there is pushback. You know, not that you owe anybody any explanations, but sometimes explaining to somebody what your motivation is allows them to have an eye-opening experience and say, now I understand it's really not about that, giving you that sense of peace and calm. So I'll go that extra mile. Mm -hmm. I think it's just so hard to break the rigidity that I never knew was a part of me until I got married. And then once I had children, I'm just like finding new layers that I didn't know existed. (laughs) And that's hard to kind of break down the walls of who I've always been. And and again, I'm, I'm only 30, but it's, that's just how I've always kind of lived. I've liked the things in my, in my childhood bedroom, I had a, a place for everything and I wasn't the most clean person, but I knew where everything was. And so I think that like bringing that into marriage, bringing that into raising children, it is hard to shift your mind, but it is so so necessary because we do want to, we want to implement this into our children. This, you're right. We are teaching them. This is our role right now to teach them how to be self-sufficient and independent. It's just really hard to break that mentality. And I think the other thing is to understand that that might be just part of your personality mm-hmm. and that you and you like that but recognize that at 
the end of the day, your your journey towards living a minimalistic lifestyle is to give you the freedom and not allow the stuff to have control over you. And I think for you, I mean, maybe my advice would be to pinpoint the specific areas that you tend to want to control. You know, is it a surrounding certain aspects? Where do you feel that your patterns of behavior, if you're feeling stressed about something else, that this is the way you can control it. So I would kind of look at the circumstances surrounding it. And maybe it's really not the stuff that you're trying to control. Maybe it's something else. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think I think it would still help me feel in somewhat control if I chose maybe just like one or two areas that I was more rigid, if you will, <laughs> about and then just letting everything else go because that rigidity, no one wants to be tense in really any part of their day. So I think that that is like, as you said, minimalism is a mental, emotional, physical thing. And <coughs> loosening those reins that I have would be an all-encompassing benefit to me. And as your kids start to grow, I mean, I think it's nice because you're home with them and to be able to show them how you like to do things and this is, and so that they can learn from your example will be helpful. And, you know, they will grow and develop their, their own way of doing things. And you'll probably have a period of time where they'll be like, sure, mom, I'll do it. And then they become teenagers and, Sometimes you just have to shut the door because it's not yours to do, you know, and, and that's okay too, because you don't want to be that controlling mom, right? The whole point is we want to be able to be present and not allow the stuff to really dictate, have the power over our relationships. Mm -hmm. And I do want to get into that here in a second, just at that point in time when they are high schoolers and in control of their own space, I have to remember that all of these little stages or seasons are just for a time. They're just seasons in life. And that door might have to be closed for a few years, but it's, I'm going to probably miss it at some point. Um, Absolutely. And I think for me, or and again, this is just, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but this is what we did. I mean, I allowed it. I allowed them to express their individuality and you know what? I'm not going to nag them every five seconds to pick up their stuff off the floor in their bedroom. Um, they do know that the common areas cannot just be drop spots everywhere. You know, their space, I do give them that as their own, you know, as a room. But it's, if it starts getting crazy, you know, if, I, if I'm like, listen, I can't see the floor. You are not going out until you, you know, clean up your room. And they are teenagers. And so I think a lot of times they will just kind of leave it till mom's going to say you have to do it. But I wouldn't even say that I'm nagging. I'll just say, listen, at some point this weekend before, like before the weekend's out, you, you just have to put your laundry away. I just, it can't, it can't look like that. And I have a mom of teenagers, you pick your battles. And for me, if that's the worst thing that my kids are doing, then it's really not so bad. Well, kind of moving into some practical application. I know we have moms of all different age children listening. So I kind of just want to move through some best some of the best strategies that you have for encouraging children of different ages. So let's start with our adolescent children. Let's just pretend like we've always taken the rein, we've never really had our children clean up after themselves and we want to start implementing new strategies for them to be more independent. What are some tips that you have for encouraging our adolescent children? Teaching your kids how to do the laundry, obviously, and every family is different and kind of what your family situation is. 
but you could help out with it. But I think allowing kids, teaching them at the very least how to do laundry and do their own laundry when they can, um, I think is huge. I think that having them learn how to do it, how to fold it, how to time manage, you know, use the time management component of it. Like, okay, I, you know, a lot of parents subscribe to the fact that, you know, my kid's job is school. And I think that's great. But what happens is, is, and I say this as experience of a mom with a daughter going off to college, I see a lot of my friends whose kids are struggling because their parents, they never had a part-time job and they're, they never had chores around the house and they never had to do these things. And now all of a sudden they're going to have to adapt to learn how to manage all these other life skills in addition to their coursework. So the earlier you could start that practice, the better. Mm -hmm. Um, So even if you're doing the laundry, um, having your kids fold them and put them away, or even if you're doing them, just start wherever you can, even if it's folding them and putting, or just putting them away in their rooms. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously making the bed, but I start that much earlier. Um, I think it's a great practice. And again, it's more about how they can budget their time because I think at the crux of disorganization for most people, it stems from not prioritizing their time efficiently. Mm-hmm. And so if you can start to do these physical things like putting away the laundry, cleaning up your toys or whatever, you know, hanging your backpack up, not only is it removing the physical clutter, but it's helping you to learn these skills, to reduce the stress that comes with just being just organized, running around looking for your keys. You already, I mean, I feel like within this answer, you really did touch upon the different age groups and kind of when we would start to apply these rules. The only thing that I'm thinking is that with high schoolers, especially with a personality like mine in high school, implementing new rules such as this as like, hey, I haven't been on top of this with you as a parent, but now I want to start to implement these strategies what do I do when I receive pushback? Uh, that's a great point. And it's true because that's all the more reason, because you will, you will receive pushback, um, especially if your kids haven't had a lot of responsibility. And now all of a sudden you're coming in and you're asking them to do a bunch of things because it's just not what they're used to, which is all the more reason why if you just make it as part of the, this is the way that we do things around here. It's just more accepted. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, you have to say again, as you're older, as we all take on more responsibilities and, you know, I always try to find chores, I guess, for lack of a better word, that my kids are, I mean, I know this this is going to come out sounding totally wrong. (laughs) Find that my kids don't dread. And again, it's like, you can't always pick and choose, Mm -hmm. but I'll sometimes get, sometimes, not all the time, but like, I would give my kids a choice. Like, this is what has to get done. Mm-hmm. So do you want to do this or, you know, do you want to walk the dogs or do you want to stay here and flip the laundry and fold this load that's, you know, here or run the vacuum or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's usually, it's not like extreme, not that there's anything wrong with this, but my kids are not scrubbing toilets again. And sometimes I wish that I did make them do that, but I don't. So again, they're very like benign mm-hmm. chores, mm-hmm. but it's put this stuff away, empty the trash because the trash is coming tomorrow. So they're still doing something, but I'm giving them a little bit of power to feel like they have a control over which one that they're going to do. Cause I say all of this has to get done and I don't, I can't do it all. Mm -hmm. So you pick which one you want to do and I'll do the rest or I'll do the other ones. And I find that that I get a little less pushback that way. Mm -hmm. No, that's actually a great strategy. I use that with my four-year-old. You can have these two choices 
you can choose your choice out of these two options, but you do only have these two options. I love that. And maybe if you said you have two daughters, I could see like one saying, well, I want to do this one, but I want that one as well. And then maybe like the next time they can switch so that everyone is pleased. Well, this has been such an informative conversation. And as we wrap up, I want to ask you the two questions I ask every guest. And the first one is what is something that you're simplifying right now? AKA what is your minimalist moment of the week? I have been simplifying and I, this is like, this is really kind of boring, but I've been on this continued simplification of all of my clothes and I keep doing it. Courtney Carver, I've been on my show. Have you, and I'm sure obviously you know who Courtney Carver is. And I've tried to pare down to like her 33 items that I can't quite get there and feel confident, but it's like a goal of mine. So I'm continually purging my closet. So it's like an ongoing, it's like my, it's my Everest right now because every, uh, I don't, I shouldn't say every other, but like so many other areas of my home and of my life, I feel like I have really good control over, but with my clothes and I don't have a lot but I feel like there's a lot of categories. So I'm always trying to kind of like thin it out. And so that's always my, what I'm working towards. So mm-hmm. that's my, always my journey. She says that you can have 33 main items and then that doesn't include your workout clothes and your PJs. Yes. Okay. But it includes like shoes and accessories. Okay. That, yeah, that's tough. That I, I aspire to get to that point as well. I'm slowly, I'm, I'm, honestly in the similar stage as you just between like having babies and trends going out of style and not buying trendy clothing anymore. I'm slowly getting there, but it's like, Oh, well, if the shoes are involved in my scarves, like that makes it add up a little bit faster. So did tennis shoes count? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I just, I don't know. So I just feel like if I'm con I'm continually working towards it Mm -hmm. and it's, it's a, you know, it's on top of mind for me. Mm-hmm. It really is. So it, it definitely, I have changed the way that I shop mm. for quite some time. And that, and that has definitely been a huge shift towards minimalism. Mm-hmm. That is a hundred percent. Yeah. And I think that that's ultimately like what her goal was in that. I mean, I think that definitely the project 333, that's I guess, obviously, she wouldn't have created it if she didn't want you to get to that point. But I think that these steps that we're taking, like you're living with less, you're being intentional about your purchases, like all of these things are so helpful and beneficial. And I think that's like the whole purpose of it. But And then what is something that you can't stop talking about? The Enneagram. Oh, that yes. one's easy. What is your number on the Enneagram? Oh, I'm an eight. Oh, the aggressor? Yes. <laughs> I, I'm not necessarily proud to admit it. Although I'm not ashamed, like I am who I am. Mm -hmm. It was completely enlightening for me in the sense that I didn't realize how, how intimidating other people found me. Mm. And my kids are like, yeah, mom, you're scary. (laughs) And I'm like, really? I'm just passionate. And I'm, I'm very like when I believe in something, especially like a cause, like I'm the champion of the underdog, I'm just like all in. And in my mind, it never came across as that it would be, you know, aggressive or intimidating. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm aware of my number, I try to have a little bit more patience and grace with other people. Mm -hmm. What are, what's your number? I'm a seven. So I'm the enthusiast. Okay. So you see, and I, and I would have thought maybe you were a one with the way that you were talking about wanting to control situations. I know, and that's so. why I'm such a hard read because actually one is what I scored lowest in, and 
I, I, yeah, I just, there are certain things, um, there are certain things that I like to really control. And then with other things, I'm just completely lax. I don't make sense sometimes. I think that's where the, the scattered part yeah, okay. of the seven. The enthusiasts can be, we're spontaneous, versatile, distractible, scattered. And I think all of that kind of plays into some of the control and like the spontaneity, but there's, I don't know. It's where does, so where do you go in stress and security? That's my question. Where does the seven go? Do you know what numbers it goes say, to? Hold on. I'm pulling it up really fast. So my stress number is actually a one, <laughs> which is well, really bizarre. there you go. <laughs> and there you have it. <laughs> I am just learning so much about myself tonight. <laughs> All right, Lori. Well, thank you so much for coming on the Minimalist Moms podcast. I want to give you just the ability to tell our listeners where they can find you online. I can be found at simply be like the letter B like boy organized.com. That's the best place to find me. Um, from there, you can find links to my social media, which is also simply be organized on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, all the things. Um, you can also check out my podcast, which is called this organized life. And you can also link to my book. So everything is at simply be organized.com. Well, thank you so much for all your wisdom. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank you so much to Lori for coming on the podcast. I hope you were able to take some of her tips and implement them as you encourage your own children to get organized. As I digest this conversation on my own, I think I've come to the fact that we should start small, be persistent in our expectations, and remember not to nag along the way. I invite you to keep the conversation going by visiting minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Facebook page, Instagram account, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey, and I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.